everyone. This is Pastor Ryan, and this is our podcast. Welcome to Live Alive Church, and I just want to thank you for listening in. I hope this message encourages you, strengthens your faith, and causes you to keep pressing forward for who God has called you to be and created you to be. God bless. We've been continuing our series on the body of God and how God through this series and what he was speaking to me through this series was essentially to take us deeper into who he is in in a deeper intimate relationship Um, because it's one thing to talk about the body of God who is we as the body of God in the church but God said I want you to first talk about me Because people need to know who I am and what I've done for them and what I can do for them in their lives on an intimate and more deeper level. So I pray that through this series that you you are going deeper in your relationship with Christ and that you will find him in the areas that you need him the most. Because let's, let's be honest here. We all have struggles. We all have things we battle with. We all have doubts. We all have unbelief at times. We all have, you know, sometimes some of us battle maybe with depression or some some of us battle with anxiety or some of us battle with certain things that try to tear us down because what the enemy tries to do through that is to try to wear us out so that way we can't walk into the calling that God has given us. So what he tries to get us to do is to flee instead of stand and fight. And that's the name of this message today is fight or flee. And I hope that you can understand that through this message today, that when when God gave this to me, that you would stand and fight for the calling and for the purpose that God has on your life and that you wouldn't flee from what God has for you. Because if you flee from what God has for you, you'll never stand in your promise and what God has destined you to become. But if you stand and fight even when it's hard, if you stand and fight even when it's tough, if you stand and fight even when everybody's against you, if you stand and fight even when you've been betrayed, if you stand and fight even when people have talked about you, God through it all's mercy is still new and his grace is still given and his strength and his peace is still available for it and through it. And I believe that if we can dive deeper into the message today that God has given me that we'll understand on a deeper level. So Exodus chapter 3 starting in verse 7. The Bible says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I want you to underline that verse. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of Israel has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. 
So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So now I want you to go to the book of Psalm, chapter 32, starting in verse 7. And this is what the Bible says. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from my trouble. And surround me with songs of deliverance. Verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Can I read that last part again? I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do you know that God's eyes are on you? That you can never get out of his sight. That you can't never get out of his way. Even David said, Lord, I can pitch my tent in the deepest sea. I can catch up on wings like eagles and go to the highest mountain. But there I can't get away from your presence. You are always around me. You are always surrounding me. So I want to talk today about fight or flight. So let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, God, that your word is already anointed. And I just pray that you would anoint your servant one more time to preach your holy word, your infallible word, your righteous word, your true word. Yes. Father, your, 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 your word that God sets forth in our hearts and springs life into our bodies, into our minds, and into our hearts. So, Father, I pray that the seeds that I throw today would spring up and reap a hundredfold in their lives today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So, last week, for those of you who weren't here, we talked about the favor of God and how, how, King, uh, how uh, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Even when, there, even when God had spoke and said that he was so upset with man that he even created them because there was so much wickedness on the face of the earth but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord and we talked about the favor of God and we talked about the approval of God that is on your life and the anointing and the the the, the seal that he has marked over your life and how his hand is on you and his eyes are on you and how he's using us to do his will here on earth and now I want to talk about this week, I want to talk about how God sees you in your fight and how God sees you when you're struggling and how God sees you when you feel like you have no strength, how God sees you when you feel like you can't take another step forward, how God sees you when you feel like you want to walk away from everything and just throw in the towel and give up. Can I tell you I've been there? Can I tell you that I've wanted to walk away? I've wanted to just give up? And, and throw in the towel and do away with everything because the pressure and the attacks have been so difficult and been so hard and been so heavy that I've just wanted to walk away from it all. But it's in those times and in those moments where I find the precious ointment where God gives me peace in the time of trouble, in the time of need. And when I need his presence the most is when he shows up unexpectedly. 
When it, don't you love it when God shows up unexpectedly, when you've been going through a season of hardship and you've been going through a season of struggle and you've been going through a season of battle or you've been going through a season of drought or you've been going through a season of famine and it feels like God is not there and God is not making a way, but all of a sudden he shows up exactly when you need him to show up at the right time and the right moment in your life. Just like the disciples who were on the Sea of Galilee when they were caught in the middle of a storm and they were caught when the winds and the waves were battering up against their ship and the Bible says that Jesus saw them from the mountain when he was praying. He saw them in the midst of their struggle. He saw them in the midst of the storm and still came walking on the surface of what they were struggling with because God will always come in the middle of the storm when you need him the most. It's not, isn't it something that in the beginning it gets hard, in the beginning it, it gets tough, but God always comes right at your breaking point. Right when you're just getting ready to close the door, God puts his foot right in there so that way you can't shut it all the way why because God is a loving God and he wants you to understand that the only place you can find strength is in him and in his name because he is that name that is above every name and what I mean by that that he's above he's above your anxiety he's above your struggle he's above your 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 setback he's above those things that the enemy is trying to cause in your life to get you to fall back into his arms so that way you can't step into the destiny Charlie that he's called you to, to step into and, and the man of God that he's called you to be and created you to be and called us to be and created us to be because he knows if he can stop us from getting there then we'll never get to the opportunity and to the promise that God has spoken over our lives and we can't make the impact that God wants us to make and the enemy knows if he can get us to stop doing that then this city can't be one this city can't have revival this city can't have an awakening but God wants to use every individual in this place I just want you to understand it doesn't matter what background you came from it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are it doesn't matter what skin color you are it doesn't matter if you're black white Chinese Mexican uh, whatever you want to be you can be whatever God uses everybody and chooses to use everybody because you know I hate it when people say I don't see color I don't see color. Well, let me tell you something. I see color. And when I see color, I see that it's beautiful. And when God sees color, he sees that it's beautiful. Because let me tell you something. When you get to heaven, it ain't going to be one white church. It ain't going to be one black church. It ain't going to be one Mexican church. It ain't going to be one Chinese church. It ain't going to be one Puerto Rican church. It's going to be all of us together as one body and one mind and one accord, worshiping the God who created us all to be who he's called us to be. And I like it how William Seymour, the one who started and sparked and how God used him as the revival, in um, in in uh, California, uh, back in the 1900s, the Azusa Street Revival. William Seymour, he would come down from his his office, and he would come down the steps, and he would see the congregation. And when he would see the congregation, he started to see the segregation. He saw how blacks were over here, and white people would be over here. And when he came down the steps, he said. I don't want you guys to do that. You guys need to get together and come together because we're all one body. It doesn't 
matter who you are, where you've come from, what your skin color is. He says, we're all here to worship God together, so stop separating yourselves and causing segregation. He said, you need to get together to be one body and get together and worship a holy God. That's why there was revival that took place because there was people, there was a man of God who believed in a move of God, that God would sweep across his church. And that's why you've seen people who were in one mind and one accord that were just believing and hungry and thirsty for God. And I believe that if we get ourselves to that place as a church, that God will do amazing and great things if we are just hungry and we're thirsty after his presence. And I didn't even mean to even go here. This ain't even part of my message, but maybe this is what God wanted me to say this morning. I don't know. But I believe that if we continue to fight together instead of, see, what the enemy will cause you to do is he'll cause us to separate. He wants to cause division. He wants to cause division in, in ministry. He wants to cause division in the church. He wants to cause division amongst people. So that way, if we, he can cause division, we'll never, what happens if he causes division? Break it up. Die vision. The vision dies. You have to understand that we have to be on the vision and on the calling and on who God has created us to be so that we can reach that vision and reach the mark and reach the goal of who God has called us to be as, as, as individuals and as a church. Let me go on to the message. Let me get to the message. I, so now we get to this place in Scripture where, where, where we get to this place where God uses Moses to deliver the children of Egypt are the children of Israel out of Egypt. We all know that story. We all know what happened there. I don't have to explain that to you, but what, I want to give you a little bit of history, and I want to give you a little bit of background of what God is trying to show us here in the Scripture. So we understand that Joseph came to be second in power in the, uh, of the hand of Egypt next to Pharaoh. We all understand that, right? That, that Joseph went through struggles and he went through battles and he went through all these kinds of things and God used him to be second in command next to Pharaoh in Egypt. And God gave Joseph a dream one day and told him that, that his, his family and his, his brothers and his father, they would all bow down to who he was. And we all understand and how, how, how his brothers were jealous because he had that he had that coat of many colors and, and you know, he was the one who, who had the great, you know, he had that nice jacket on and nobody liked him because they thought that he, he thought he was going to rule and be, be this big time ruler and, and, and God spoke that dream into his spirit and God spoke that dream into his mind and we all understand that and what happened was that because of the dream that God gave him and because of the dream that God spoke into his spirit, he went through many trials we all are in this same position. Follow me. We all have a dream. We all have a vision. We all have a calling. But there's always going to be things and always going to be trials that are going to come our way. And it's up to us whether or not we're going to stand and fight for what's rightfully ours or we're going to let the enemy have precedent over what God has for our lives. And if we're not going to stand up and fight, then we'll never reach the promise and we'll always allow the enemy to have precedent over who God has called us to be. 
That's why we don't ever feel like we're going forward is because we're allowing God, we're allowing the enemy have precedent over who God has created us to be. The reason why we feel like we're not taking another step, we're not making another step, is because we, we, we're allowing the enemy to, to overcome us with doubt. We're allowing the enemy to overcome us with fear. We're allowing the enemy to overcome us with struggles and anxiety and depression and, and all these things that come at us at once. And, and what God is saying, if you would just understand who I've created you to be and how I've and, and, and how and the value that I put inside of you with the power of my spirit. Because when God gave you his spirit, he said that when I put my spirit inside of you, there's nothing that the enemy can do to destroy you or touch you. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is the same spirit that will quicken your mortal body. God said it's not by might nor by power but by my spirit is how I do things. It's by his spirit how he leads you. It's by his spirit how he gets you to the promise. It's by his spirit how the Bible says that he leads you towards the direction of where your destiny is. But it's up to us to make sure we take that step and we take that next move towards what God. Look I don't know about you but I don't want the enemy to no longer have a hold on me I don't want the enemy to no longer be have, have chains on me to bind me down from all God has called me to be because what he'll do is he'll try to continue to put weight after weight on you until it's so heavy where you can't take another step or it's going to make you want to give up and walk the other way and go back to what you used to do but I want you to know that the enemy was trying to set Joseph up for failure when God was really trying to set him up for his future Amen. do you understand what I'm saying so this is what happened Joseph was betrayed by his brothers Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers Joseph was accused by Potiphar's wife and he was thrown into prison all this happened but he still had a dream and all this happened but still was in second in command of Pharaoh in Egypt and all this happened because what the enemy was trying to do was set him up for failure but what God was trying to do through it all was setting him up for his future so just because you may be going through something just because you may be going through a struggle just because you might feel like you're being betrayed every time someone betrayed you every time somebody's accused you of doing something you've never done every time somebody's hurt you every time somebody's looked down on you every time somebody's told you you'll never amount to never amount to anything God is saying that I'm setting you up and that you're one more step closer to who I've called you to be. You're one step closer to who I've created you to be. You might look at it as failure, but God says I'm using it. I'm using that failure to set you up for the future of who I've called you and created you to be. He said every time somebody's accused you, I'm just making you step one more closer to your destiny. Every time somebody's left you, I've just caused you to step one more closer to your destiny. Even though it might not look like it. I've caused you to step one more closer to your destiny. Every time somebody's talked about you, every time somebody's looked down upon you, every time somebody's betrayed you, every time somebody's hurt you real bad in your heart, every time that every time that one person would always, you would always hear them talk about you, or somebody would come to you and say, so-and-so said this, or so-and-so said that, and somebody did this, and somebody did that, and this person said this about you. Guess what? God was just setting you up, even though the enemy may try to 
use that as you looking at yourself as a failure. God was saying, no, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that I'm setting you up for the future. He said, you need to stop using these little stepping stones. These little stepping stones are what's, what's going to cause you to get to your future and to what I've created you to be and who I've called you to be. He said, you allow those things to continue to come after you. He said, in my word, no weapon formed against you would prosper. He said, so those little things, they won't even bother you. He said, because I'm still leading you. I'm still, I'm still leading you by my hand. I'm still leading you by my, by my spirit. He said, I will continue to cause you to walk in authority and who I've called you to be so that way you can step into all that I've, I have for your life. And that's exactly what happened with Joseph. He got to a place where he had a dream, but yet he still went through trials. And yet we still think that just because we come to the Lord, that the Lord is going to take all our problems away. That everything, just because we become Christians and we give our hearts to the Lord, we think that everything just goes out the window. When that's not the truth, the good thing about Christianity is this. It's not that we're ever going to go through anything. It's that God says, I'm going to go through it with you. I'm going to go through it with you, Charlie. Every time you feel like you're depressed, I'm still there. Every time you feel like you've been let down, I'm still there. Even when that person left you and walked away from you, when that person left you in a ditch bleeding out, guess who was there to still hold your hand to help you back up? When I was in my addiction and I didn't have nobody else around me, nobody else to pick me up, Nobody else to give me strength. Nobody else to feed me. God walked by me and saw me and still picked me up in that ditch that I was laying in, beaten and battered and bruised by the world. Even when everybody else left me, God still saw something in me. God still saw something in you. God still sees something in you. Even when everybody walks away from you, even when those betray you, even when those accuse you, God still sees something in you. Because why? Because God doesn't look at your trouble. He just looks at the calling that and who he's called you to be and the, who he's created you to be. He doesn't look at your struggle. He looks at who he's created you to be. He doesn't look at what you battle with. He looks at who he's created you to be. Why? Because he knows the value of who he's created you to be and to become. And, he, and if we can get that into our minds and understand that God is for us and not against us, then we would be able to take on this world without any trouble and without any issue and without any problem. Because if God is for us, there can be nothing to be against us. And now we get to this place. I want to continue to give you history here that, that Pharaoh gave Joseph and his family that when, that when Joseph went through being betrayed and when he went through being accused and when, when he went through being thrown into a pit and when he went through being thrown into prison, he got to this place where he was finally second in command to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, you know what? I'm going to give you and your family this one part of the land, which is called Goshen. And that land is going to be called Goshen. And that's where you and your people are going to be. And that's where you and your people are going to live. And that's where you and your people are going to be fed. And that's where you and your people are going to find strength. Because what happened was, is the reason why, that, the reason why they were going through this is because there was a famine in the land at the time. So Pharaoh said, I know that there's been a famine, but I want you to understand this. This is what I want you to understand. We see the famine. But what God saw 
was what he had on reserve. And this is what happened, is that before the famine took place, there was seven years of blessing in the land. There was seven years of planting and harvesting, seven years of plentiful, seven years of God just blessing the land. And, 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 before, and before the famine, there was, there was seven years. Even the Bible said that there was so much that it was like sand on the seashore that they couldn't even keep record of all the food that Joseph has stored up in the land, that he kept putting food in different cities in the land. And then all of a sudden, there was a famine. But God said, I'm going to put you guys in Goshen. And guess what Goshen means? Guess what Goshen represents? Goshen represents cultivate cultivation because what God had on reserve was putting them into a place of cultivating who he's calling them to be so that they can be ready for when they get to the promise of who God has created them to be because if you can go through this then there's then you can go through the things that's going to happen in your life it doesn't matter what it is or matter what struggle you're going to face if, there, if you can get through this struggle now then what comes later you're definitely going to be able to get through that so what he was trying to say is is that when we're in a season of blockage God's blessings are on reserve because when they got to that place where there was a famine in the land guess what there may have been a famine in the land but before that there was a seven year blessing where God just blessed them with all kinds of food and God had used Joseph to store all that food away so what God did was is God said Joseph I want you to put all this food into all these cities I'm going to give you so much food that, that when this famine comes it's going to look like everybody's going to go everybody's going to get scared everybody's going to get fear everybody's going to be hit with fear everybody's going to everybody's going to panic because they're going to think that there's no food that they, they're going to think that there's nothing left but God said guess what's going to happen when this famine comes people are going to think that there's a blockage people are going to think that there's nothing there but I had you put that on reserve because I already seen what was coming I already knew what was going to happen I already knew what was going to happen when you when, when you were going to go through that struggle I already knew what was going to happen I saw it happen before you even got into it before you before it even happened in your life he God said what the the season of blockage God says I have blessings on reserve he says even when you go through a struggle he said I got my my hope is on reserve for you he said my strength is on reserve for you he said my blessings are on reserve for you my peace is on reserve for you even when it feels like you go through a season of famine and and, and a season of famine just like they went through just means that the whole land was just desolate there was nothing there was nothing fruit bearing there was nothing that they could put into the ground to bear any fruit to even eat and God says when you get to that place in other words when we're going through seasons of doubt and when we're going through seasons of unbelief and we're going through seasons of frustration God will provide unexpected blessings even when people are going through struggles and God will set you up and he'll and he'll set you up on the side on a, on on the on the to serve a plan even even when it looks like there's problems all around you God says I set up a plan in action for you because I knew that you were going to go through that I knew that you were going to fight I knew that you were going to struggle I knew that you were going to battle but he said you know what I have stuff on reserve for you so that way when you do go through that struggle I come to you with an unexpected blessing that you never thought I was going to come through with do you understand what I'm saying? And we get to this place in our lives just like just like just like uh, Joseph and and how 
the, the, the children of Israel had come, they, they even left the land of Canaan to come to Egypt because there was a famine in Canaan and there was a famine in Egypt. But God pulled them up out of Canaan into a place to feed them. Even when nobody else had any food, God still had something to feed them with. Does that speak to anybody's spirit? Even when everybody else around you may be going through a hard time, God's still providing. Even when everybody else is going through a hard time around you and can't pay their bills, God opens up doors for you to work and opens up doors for you to to pay for things you never thought you thought you were drowning in your sorrows you thought you were drowning in your feelings you thought you were drowning in your tears but God says weeping may during for the night but joy comes in the morning he said it looks like everything going on around you is drowning he said but guess what I'm I'm providing for you I'm I, look I've already saw it happen I've already seen it happen but God says that I've already provided a plan for you even when you were going through through a struggle, even when it looked like there was a struggle. God said, everybody else around you may be struggling, but guess what? Because my eye is on you, I see deliverance. Because my eye is on you, I see strength. Because my eye is on you, I see what I can do in your life. And so now we get to this place where Joseph and his family are, are being raised up and, and, and that, 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 they, that, that they knew nothing of Joseph. You understand? So they knew nothing of Joseph. So in the book of Exodus, chapter 1, Joseph's family dies off. His brothers die off. And I'm going to end this here soon. Just stay with me so I can get to where I'm really trying to get to. I, I, have, I had to do all that to get to where I had to get to. So Joseph died. His brothers died. In the book of Exodus, chapter 1, the Bible says, Now there grew in Egypt a Pharaoh that knew not of Joseph. But the Bible said this, that the children of Israel were fruitful and multiplying and exceeding in number. So in other words, they were getting blessed. In other words, God was blessing them. And then the Pharaoh that grew up that knew not of Joseph and his family said, you know what, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put them in bondage because we're afraid of them exceeding in number. So what, what may happen is, is they might try to rally against us to try to destroy us and overtake our land. So guess what God had on his mind? So even though Pharaoh grew up, not, knew not of Joseph, knew not of, knew not of, of, of his family, knew not of that situation, even though that Pharaoh ended up putting the children of Israel into, into uh, bondage, into slavery, into a struggle, into chains, in other words, Pharaoh said, you know what, I'm going to kill every, I want you to kill every boy under the age of two. Because he knew that there was going to be one that was going to be raised up to be a deliverer. And it only came through, salvation only came through the line of, a male, of, of the male. So what happened was, is God had a plan on reserve. Just like he had a plan on reserve 
for, for Joseph and his family when he had stored all the grain in different barns in the cities of Egypt. And when everybody else didn't have food, they had food. So what happens is, is now they're getting to the place of bondage. Now they're getting to the place of struggle because this Pharaoh was scared that they're going to overtake him. God said, okay, if you're going to do that, I'm going to do this. I have somebody on reserve. So what happened was is that there was a, the tribe of Levi, the of, of the Levites, there was two Joseph's mom and I mean uh, Moses's mom and Moses's dad they got together they decided to have a baby and God uses Moses to be the deliverer and God had on reserve could you imagine that baby growing up God had him on reserve the whole time God him on, had him on his mind the whole time, had him on reserve, had him as a baby growing up, developing him and strengthening him and, and getting him to this place where he could be used to be the deliverer of the children of Israel. So God had on his mind Moses. Though Pharaoh may have on his mind to destroy, God had on his mind destiny. Even though the enemy may have on his mind to destroy you, God had on his mind your destiny because God is using what the, just like Joseph said, the enemy, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. And that's exactly what the enemy tried to do here is what Pharaoh tried to do is he tried to put them in bondage so that he could suppress them to a place where they wouldn't be able to rule over them or rule against them or be better than them. And that's what the enemy is tries to do in our life. He tries to suppress us from who God has really caused us to be so that we can't step into the destiny. But God had a reserve plan watch this I'm not done because God ended up having another reserve plan when we were going through our struggle when we were in our addiction and we were in bondage and we were in our chains God still had another reserve plan and his reserve plan was sending his son to the cross and that was his reserve plan and when he went to the cross he shed his blood for us and that was what the enemy tried to say no more shedding of blood of goats and bulls and all this stuff he said no more of this he said guess what I'm going to send my son that's been my reserve plan he said Said that he would crush the head of the enemy and bruise his heel. That's why when he went to the went to the cross, he said the reason why he bruised his heel is because they put nails through his his feet, and that's how he bruised the enemy's. That's how he crushed the enemy's head and bruised his heel is because when they put nails. But see, the enemy thought that it was all over with. The enemy thought he had him right where he wanted him. The enemy thought that he had him to where he couldn't even move. But even when he was still on the cross, he still had his eye on you. Do how's that song go? How's that song go? Even when, even when. He was on the cross. He still had his mind on you. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But God still had a reserve plan. God had a reserve plan for Joseph and his family, even when there was a famine in the land. And God had a reserve plan with bringing Moses and, and creating him and developing him to be the one who was going to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt and perform all these signs and perform all these wonders. And God had a reserve plan, even when you were going through your struggle and even when you were going through your battles. God said, that's why I sent my son to destroy the yoke and the bondage that is on your life so you could have the forgiveness of your sins so you could be washed in my blood so that you could be reconciled back to the Father so that there would be no more of this separation between you and him so that now that way when to be absent from the body will be to be present with the Lord so that way I will be with him forevermore when that sky splits and when there's that trumpet from the archangel and the dead in Christ rise first he said there we will be 
caught up in the air and we will be with him forevermore. I don't know about you, but I started to get excited that God had a reserve plan. Not only did he have a reserve plan, but watch this. He had a rescue plan. He said, he said, I had on reserve things that you didn't even know I had on reserve for you. He said, I had on reserve food that you didn't even know nothing about. I had on reserve money you had no nothing you knew nothing about. He said, I had on reserve hope you knew nothing about. He said, I had on reserve joy you knew nothing about. He said, I had on reserve deliverance that you knew nothing about. He said, I had on reserve all these things that you knew nothing about. But he said, I want you to also know that I had a plan to rescue you in the midst of your struggle and in the midst of your battle, even when you couldn't do for yourself. He said, I will do for you. Just like the Bible says, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. Can I tell you that God sees your misery today. God sees your misery. He sees your struggle. He sees your misery, but he's coming through with a miracle. He sees your misery, but he's coming through with a miracle. He sees your misery, but he's coming through with, with strength. He sees your misery, but he's coming through with something so great that you wouldn't even be able to put your finger on it. He said that I'm going to pour out a blessing on you that you can't even contain, that you wouldn't even understand, that you wouldn't even know. But can I tell you that God's sights are on you. God has his eyes on you. God, I was going to, I was trying to find... My, my little boy's binoculars, and I was going to bring them in here as an as a, uh, illustration, but I couldn't find them anywhere, and, and I was going to use them and say that God has, has set his sights on you. God has set his sights on you. Even though you have continued to go through Trials and tribulations and things of that nature. Think it not funny. Think it not strange for these things that we go through. Because at the end of it all, it's creating who God has called us to be. And we have to understand today, are we going to make a stand? Are we going to fight for what's rightfully ours? I mean, think about Joseph. Think about Joseph. I mean, he was betrayed by his own family. He was thrown into prison or thrown into slavery by his own family, accused by a woman, thrown into prison. And he still stayed and fought for who God had called him to be. Why? Because God gave him a dream. God gave him a calling. And can I tell you today that God has a calling on your life? God has dreams for you. God has destiny for each and every person in this place. And it's up to us whether we're going to take the stand today to fight for what's ours or are we going to flee when it gets too hard? Are we going to flee when it gets too tough? Are we going to flee when, when the enemy continues to attack us? Are we going to flee when we continue to get accused? Are we going to flee when that person betrays us? When your best friend tells you that he's your best friend to your face, but then two weeks later leaves you? What's going to happen? Are you going to still stand and fight for who God's called you to be? Or are you going to allow that situation to cause you to flee from where God is calling you to go? Right? I don't know about you, but I've been in so many situations in my life where I said, God, 
Yes, it hurt. Yes, the pain was tough. Yes, it was a struggle. Yes, it was a battle. I've been betrayed. I've been stabbed in the back. I've been talked about. I've been cussed at. I've been cursed. I've been all these things. But guess what? I still stood and fight and fought. Why? Because God's reserved plan didn't back out on me. So why should I back out on him? When Jesus was on the cross, he didn't say, this is too tough. This is too hard. No, he, he still had his eye on every individual in this place. Right? So let's stand to our feet.